Normal Christian parenting isn't getting the job done. As Christian mothers, we need to rise up. This week is part one of two episodes. My guest, Michelle Soto, will be speaking about Mothers Arise. Empowered through a strong prophetic anointing and calling upon her life, co-founder and executive director, Pastor Michelle Soto, works with women of all ages and stages in their lives to help heal and recover from traumatic and or abusive events in their lives. Her calling is to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free, as in her life scripture found in Isaiah 61. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Michelle. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Sharon, and it's great to be here. Yes, absolutely. Now, I am really excited to hear what you have to say about this topic today because I know that this has been burning in your heart and I know that this is also a topic that is so crucial for moms to hear, especially what's going on today with everything that's going on around the world. Yes, absolutely. I just feel that this, there's a message that the Lord really has for women in this hour. And in regards to the pandemic and just the way society is really so rapidly mm. shifting and rapidly, I and I have to say, um, at, from a Christian perspective, rapidly deteriorating. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with the things that are changing in regards to education and, mm-hmm. and and the the things that even governmentally are being imposed upon us, upon our children. Right. Um, we're living in a, in a, in a very different world. You would think that it would be the last days, right? Like you said, even in schools and education, you know, children are being infiltrated with so many different things that they should not be learning, especially at a young age. It's just not age appropriate. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm really hoping that we will have some breakthroughs today. Now, First of all, I I love, you know, when we're talking about this kind of topic, I love to pose this question. Now, there are so many incredible mothers in the Bible. If you had to choose one, who would you pick and why? Oh, boy. Um, There are many of them, as you said. (laughs) Um, Several of them um, are very well known, right? Uh, Mary Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is one that is on my heart that's not considered a mother. And that's Deborah. Mm -hmm. And the reason why she's on my heart and even what I believe is something that the Lord wants us to know and wants us to see in this hour is her role as a mother. And I just want to say that way back in the beginning of the the pandemic, as a matter of fact, I have it dated here, March 27th, uh, Mm -hmm. we know that we kind of went in lockdown about March 15th or 16th. I'm not too sure of the exact Mm -hmm. date, but it was about that time. And as you know, and I know, everyone was thrown for a loop. And it was a moment and a time of extreme fear and unknown of what was going on and Mm -hmm. what was hitting our world, right? Our life. And I remember in prayer, in a time of prayer, I was truly uh, praying and travailing before the Lord. And he brought me to a a particular scripture. And I want to just share that scripture for a moment. It's found in Jeremiah 31, and it's verse 15. And I remember that I was praying and interceding for our children. I am a, a mom of three. And a grandmother of six. And my and my oldest granddaughter, she's now she's 19. Praise God. And that's a whole other testimony in itself of, of what God has done in her life. Um, but I was 
praying that morning and really interceding for our young people. Mm. Um, Because I think that one of the things that I was really impacted with when this whole pandemic started was the uh, depth of hopelessness that hit our young people. As for us as adults, I think when, when, especially as Christians, when we saw what was going on, we were, of course, we were in fear, but our faith, it caused many of us to go deeper in faith with God, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But for our young people who had not lived out, there was this added hopelessness as to all my dreams. Now, now what is going to happen with my life? What is going on in the world? Mm-hmm. And I believe that um, there was an aspect that really hit our young people much, much harder than than most. Yeah. And so I was travailing in prayer on that. And the Lord led me to Jeremiah 31, 15 and 16. And the first verse, it says, thus says the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel, weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children because they are no more. And when I when the Lord brought that to my attention, I I was really went into weeping and travailing Mm -hmm. um, for the hopelessness that I felt was upon our young people, upon our upon our children. Mm -hmm. And then the very next scripture says, thus says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping. And your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. And from the land of the enemy. And here's the scripture where I really, the Lord really spoke. He says, there is hope in your future, Mm. says the Lord, that your children shall come back to Mm. their own order. And I just held on to that scripture. And I recall speaking with my granddaughter and it was so incredible because she tells me grandma I'm praying for one of my friends because I feel that she is really hopeless and I have to be honest right what she said I feel like she's like on the verge of suicide Mm. and it's like God gave me the scripture specifically just to give to her so that we can come together in one accord and pray and pray her for, for her friend and so that began again throughout this pandemic what God was really burdening on my heart. Mm. And really it's that even in the midst of a pandemic where we feel that we are hopeless, there is power in prayer. Amen. And the way that a woman can arise in that moment, and I speak to women in particular because, you know, we need men, right? We have a fatherless generation, but you want to know something, Sharon? I know that in general, we understand that we have a fatherless generation, Mm-hmm. But I got to say that we also have a motherless generation. Right. We have a motherless generation in the sense that motherhood has been devalued and brought down to a level where it's just something. Oh, you are a stay at home mom. Oh, how nice. Mm hmm in that sense, without understanding that motherhood is the greatest ministry that we could ever have as women. And I want to speak to women who are not even mothers in the natural. You see, because our makeup as women, we are fashioned and formed with the mother heart of God. The nurturing and the protectiveness. Have you ever seen a lioness cover her cup? Mm, No. (laughs) Right? 
Um, and so we have that innate nature within us. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to, I don't want women who are listening to this podcast who maybe have had trouble um, conceiving or are not mothers in the natural to feel that this message is not for them because there's a part of our heart that is designed by God himself that has, is meant for us to pour into a generation right. that's sorely lacking motherhood and mothering. And so no, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, it's so true because a lot of the times, you know, we talked about there is a very fatherless society, but there is also, you know, um, children who, are without mothers as well. And mothers play such a huge role in the society whereby sometimes it's just being watered down, um, you know, because mothers pretty much do everything in the household. Uh, They raise up the children, right? Discipline them. I'm not saying dads don't do that, but the majority of it are mothers, right? So now how can we help our children in this day and age? I think one of the greatest things is when we ourselves have that genuine relationship with the Lord. You know, the Lord himself leads us and teaches us. I remember when I first came to the Lord, as I mentioned earlier, um, I'm a first generation Christian. Mm-hmm. I come from a very dysfunctional background. And I say that um, unashamedly. Why? Because God has the power to break chains, mm-hmm. Amen. incredible chains. He has the power to deliver and transform lives. I come from a line of, in my, in my background and, and in my past, my, um, my family, there's a lot of, there was a lot of alcoholism, a lot of abuse, a lot of violence. And I come from that background and yet the Lord found me. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. say I found the Lord, but mm-hmm. the Lord found me yep. in the middle of my mess. And he visited me and he delivered me from all of those things. And I remember as a, as a young Christian, being a first generation Christian, not knowing Right. Not knowing how to do this and being the first in my home to be saved because my husband at the time was not saved and my children were little. I had two children and then I had my third child. Um, And I remember how when I had my third child and I was um, just months in the Lord and the Lord would show me through my daughter at the time the bait as she was a baby and he would show me when she would fall and get up and and I would go to her and and he speaks to us and he tells us this is how I pick you up this is how I feel when you come to me and so he would he leads us and he teaches us but I think one of the greatest things that we can give our children is a prayer life and teach them how to pray. Mm, Amen. Yeah, that's really awesome. Teach them how to pray. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. How would you teach a young child and obviously teens, you know, how to pray? Because prayer is truly, you and I both know that changes everything. You know, we can go to God's throne at any time of the day and he hears us, right? Now, how can we teach our children that? And, And as we were saying that as today's society is just, so crazy that we really need to pray (laughs) and not just mothers, but be able to train up our children to be prayer warriors. Mm -hmm. 
And I think, and I, and I'm going to say that um, I'm going to give you, I guess, two examples, right? Because as I said, I have six grandchildren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, my eldest is my granddaughter, Chastity. She's 19. And then I have my youngest, who LJ, who's only two. And I have my um, other granddaughter who actually lives with us. Um, I have a two family home. So my, my granddaughter lives with her mom mm-hmm. down the lower level and she's six. Riley six. Mm-hmm. And so how do we teach them in the basic, simple, everyday things? Right. So, for example, the other day we were driving in the car and there was a storm coming on. So the clouds were gathering. Mm-hmm. And so we were driving and it got really dark. And, it, you know, over here in Staten Island, when it rains, everything floods. So I was a little bit concerned that we were driving and uh, we were going to get caught in the, in the rain shower and, and uh, it was going to be difficult. And so my granddaughter comes on and says, grandma, there's a storm coming. And I could tell by the kind of the way she said it, that there was some anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I saw her, yeah, there is, you see the cloud, but you know what? I bet you that if we begin to pray and ask God to hold the rain that we can get home safely. Mm-hmm. Want to try that? And so we did that. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, we got home. And just as I was parked in the car, it started pouring. <laughs> and so we ran inside the house. And it's something simple. Right. Right. But we show them the power of prayer. We show them that nothing is too mundane and too small, mm-hmm. too menial, that God is not involved in it. Amen. That God is not involved in it. And we, what we do is that we pattern, we begin a pattern of in everything turn to God, right? Mm-hmm. Not that we become so super spiritual that, you know, that everything is like, but in the sense that we understand where our source is, but we have to walk that, right? Because we yeah. know that children learn what they live, not only what we say, right? right? right. And so we have to have that pattern in our own life. And so how do we teach them? We model it for them. Mm-hmm. And so we ourselves have to have that prayer life. We ha- And Holy Spirit is real. Yeah, Holy amen. Spirit speaks. And Holy Spirit leads and guides and teaches. And if our desire is really to teach our children to get closer to the Lord, to, to have a relationship with us, he's going to lead us because he's a good father. Amen. He's going to lead us to do that. And he's going to show us. Amen. That was really good. Now, how do you think that mothers are being spiritually attacked these days? And how can we equip ourselves as mothers? Well, I want to say this. I Maybe, maybe it's because I'm a first-generation Christian, mm-hmm. but I do want to say that there's a warfare. Of course. <laughs> you know, there is such a heavy warfare. Yeah. I mean, we're raising the next generation of children. Yeah. There's definitely warfare. Exactly. And, you know, I want to say on that point, what you just said, we have to wonder, you know, when we look at scripture and and we see, and again, right, I said about patterns, right? And we see a pattern in the Bible where any time that God was going to use someone mightily, right, there was this great battle, there was this great warfare, even, even at the birth of Moses, right? When we, when we look at Moses's birth, there was a time where all the, all the children, all the firstborn males were being killed. And that's the reason why Moses's mother, Jochebed, had mm-hmm. to him and had to hide him. Mm-hmm. Just the same way with Jesus, 
right? Whenever there's a great, and I'm, whenever there's a great deliverer that was being birthed forth or a great deliverance that was coming to the land, right? The enemy amped up the battle mm-hmm. and, and the fire became really hot. And so when we look at what's going on in society as women of faith, right? As people of faith, many women alike, as people of faith, when we see what's going on in society, then we need to look at the pattern in the Bible and say, wait a second, if the battle is this fierce, then God is up to something. Mm. And so rather than, right, rather than run and hide, that means that God is calling us to the front line. And that front line is first and foremost prayer. Mm-hmm. Then God is calling us to war with his word. We've mm-hmm. got to be warriors in prayer, warring over our children, just like that lioness who does not allow anything touching her cub. That's who we are in the spirit, right? And yeah. so when I say mothers arise, this is what God put in my heart. You know, when we look at Deborah, we look at the time of Deborah in Judges 5, even in her scripture, it Judges 5, 7, it says the following. It says, village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose. Mm. Arose a mother in Israel. They chose new gods and then there was war at the gates. You know, and what strikes me the most is that Deborah, was a known prophetess, right? Mm-hmm. She was a judge. She was a judge appointed by God. She judged in the city gates. So she was a military leader. Deborah was a military leader, a woman. And yet, at a time of crisis, at a time when village life ceased, now, did not our village life cease over the pandemic? Were not the streets abandoned? Everything was was uh, everything was locked down, and yet it says here that Deborah arose. She did not arise as a prophetess. She did not arise as a military leader. She did not arise as a judge. Although she was all those things, it says that she arose as a mother of Israel. Mm. And there is such a powerful point there that we really need to embrace. She arose a mother in Israel. So what does that mean? That means, you know what, when there's a crisis, there is something innate in us as women, as mothers that rises up and understands that we are to war over this generation. Because when we look at the pattern, the enemy wants to wipe out not only an individual child. The enemy wants to Mm -hmm. wipe out an entire generation. So that tells me that God is about to birth a generation and is birthing a generation of deliverers. Mm. Amen. And so when we look at our children, when we look at ourselves as mothers, when we look at ourselves as women, we need to understand that there is an innate power that has been granted to us, that has been fashioned and formed within us to pray as warriors like Deborah, to Mm -hmm. rise up as a mother in Israel, to rise up as mothers over our home, over our children, over our nation, over our generation, Mm -hmm. to pray for our children, regardless of where we are at 
in society, where we are at in our own life. And sometimes, you know, Sharon, I find that in many years of counseling women, counseling women of domestic violence, of trauma, one of the things that I have found that really serves as an incentive, because let's be honest, sometimes life can beat us down so much that we really don't have the motivation. But when we think about our children, yeah, the things that we may not fight for ourselves, we will fight for our children. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I find myself constantly telling the women, this is not only about you. This is about your children and your children's children. And we need to rise up and understand that God has already given us powerful weapons to battle. Amen to battle in prayer, to not think that prayer is something that is just um, a last resort. Right. Oh, oh my. It should be the first thing. Yes. And prayer is such a powerful weapon that the enemy will cause us to not want to get into it, to, to do everything else but that. Yeah, truly. I mean, I find myself, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and the first thing I do is pray for my daughter because there's just so much, you know, I'm like, okay, well, if I can't sleep and I and if I'm counting sheep, I might as well pray for her. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Michelle. I just want to thank you so much for this part one of two episodes this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guest. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for part two of Mothers Arise.